Yeah, I've connected in for the past year with Union City and with kind of Ashes to Ruby's Life Lab community. And um, it's been interesting for me because uh, I'd say I don't um, at least have what would be traditionally understood as an addiction, um, but there's a lot of stuff in my heart that uh, God needs to work through and uh, has worked through and is working through and is revealing. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a very interesting journey for me and in some ways learning new things and in some ways, uh, new vocabulary for things I'd already learned. But, um, I'd say for me, uh, faith is a pretty integral part of my journey and specifically following Jesus. And, um, and so, yeah, in high school that, that started for me, uh, and I'd say something really something real took root uh, at that point in high school, and it's something I've, I've carried ever since. Um, but I say I've also carried some old habits, some old motivations, some old fears with me uh, into this, this journey uh, of life and journey of faith. Uh, and even in the midst of having done some pretty deep inner healing, um, there's just still more <laughs> uh, throughout that. And um, so it's been interesting to look back and realize that right in the midst of all the good and the genuine and sincere, uh, there's been a lot of uh, unhealthy, there's been a lot of um, twistedness um, that I um, can very much be a perfectionist. I um, have a, an image I put forward uh, and, and a lot of that is based on is based on fear. A lot of that is based on trying to get something out of people. Uh, and I, I think those were tendencies in some ways I always carried with me, but um, very much imported that into my, into my faith and to my, my following of Jesus. And so uh, some of those things, like I said, perfectionism, gaining the approval of others by being good. Uh, so kind of using goodness as a tactic uh, to try to get um, people to cheer me on or, or like me or look up to me. Uh, lots of fears of being a failure, of being judged, uh, being messy. And so um, maybe this is partly personality and partly my brokenness combined, but um, pretty early in my journey of faith, I became very disciplined and very intentional. Uh, so I did a lot of spiritual disciplines. I tried um, to know Jesus and help others know him. Uh, and that was very much, um, yeah, my, my view of self was entirely wrapped up in that. Uh, and some of that, like I said, very genuine and healthy space, but some of that was very deeply rooted in fear and insecurity. Um, and in some ways I realized this at the time and in some way in moments and in some ways I'm realizing it looking back. Um, but I, I think I used my faith as a tactic uh, to let me think I was better than other people. So it was a way that I used um, that uh, instead of it ultimately being about a relationship with me and God, it was it was ultimately for me at, at some level it was about me being better than other people. And God was kind of a tool I used uh, to be able to look down on others. Uh, sometimes I used my faith or my that journey as, as a set of rules I could follow, as a game I could play and I could know the rules and I could win the game, uh, win the respect of my community. Um, or or I, I used faith as a way and, and discipline and, and hard work as a way to convince God I was worthy of his blessing. 
Uh, and so that's something I, I've carried with me. And and then after university, I ended up working in, in a Christian organization for, for eight years and a nonprofit, uh, sort of helping university students grow in their faith. Uh, and lots of good things about that and lots of bad things about that. <laughs> um, and and there was there's elements of real genuineness and sincerity, and then a lot of elements of self-serving and um yeah, hustling for my identity, I think. Uh, and every once in a while over those eight years, I'd say I hit a bit of a wall. Uh, and then this past summer in July 2022, I hit um, a wall that felt bigger and heavier and <laughs> harder to surmount um, that I was just exhausted. And I think a lot of that was tied to um, these bad motivations for what I think were good things. Um, so a lot of especially would be seen as good within a Christian context, uh, but even outside of Christian context, whether that was like um, coming alongside people who are struggling with their mental health, whether that was um, caring about people who are on the margins financially, uh, all these things that are, I, mean, I think are good. Uh, and yet so much of that was um, done uh, out of fear, I think, and done out of trying to prove myself, trying to get something out of people. Um, I have one friend in particular who um, he, uh, I was coming to terms with realizing that I was really using him actually, because he was someone who was very hard to love. And so I kind of made it part of my identity that I was Bruce. Uh, the ultra patient person who would love uh, even that annoying person. Um, and he just didn't give me what I wanted. <laughs> Usually you help someone and you get gratitude and you get uh, some kickback, uh, but he didn't give me kickback. And so I started to realize that, oh, I'm really angry at him because he's not giving me this kickback that I'm looking for. So maybe it's about my kickback <laughs> and maybe it's not actually a genuineness of, of love and compassion. And I think all things are, are mixed together, that there were certainly moments of genuineness uh, in my relationship with him, but uh, also ways that I wasn't. Uh, and I think that led me to a place of exhaustion. And so I don't know whether I was burnt out or, or simply on the road towards burnout, but either way, I knew I needed to, to change. Um, kind of in hindsight, with using some, some new vocabulary, I was living a lot in the have to of things I had to do, uh, things I felt pressure to do, things I felt... I was obligated to do uh, either because God obligated me or because my organization obligated me or because um, to think I was a good person, I was obligated to do these things um, and, and really not living out of the get to really not seeing the privilege actually of doing what is right and good. And so I was exhausted and I, I sort of ran out of willpower to force myself to do the have tos like I could I just couldn't I couldn't do the have tos anymore um that was just the the wall the the lack of energy that I hit and I think coinciding with that was was discovering there was an unhealthy blurring of lines in my life uh, an unhealthy blurring of lines between my faith and my work uh, because I was working for a Christian organization and I think I was unable to really distinguish between um, my identity as a child of God and my identity as a professional Christian worker. And they were both kind of enmeshed in an unhealthy way. Um, so was I praying because it was my job to pray? Was I uh, loving other people because it was my job? 
Um, and ultimately, would my faith stand on its own without the external expectation uh, of, of this job? So I realized I need to leave the organization, and that was a surprise to many people, and in some ways a surprise to myself, uh, but it sort of felt like it was this or continue on a road that was going to go off a cliff in some ways. Uh, and in that time, I really needed to redecide, uh, in some ways for the first time in eight years, uh, if I actually believed in God, <laughs> if I actually uh, wanted to follow him, uh, was my experience of faith real? Was it dependable for the future? Or was it all explainable by coincidence and confirmation bias? Um, and I think ultimately, I just didn't have the energy to force myself anymore, to force myself to do things that I thought I was supposed to. And so I gave myself permission to stop trying. Uh, and I stopped doing kind of all the the good things, so to speak, or all these, these disciplines, all this intentional effort that I'd been applying, uh, all these things I'd been insisting uh, to university students that they should do these things, uh, and realized, oh, no, I actually can't do these things. So I stopped um, checking a lot of the boxes, so to speak. I stopped uh, jumping through a lot of the hoops. So whether that was, um, yeah, whether that was serving other people, whether that was uh, Sabbathing, whether that was praying or reading the Bible or um, whether that was avoiding escapism, um, you know, whether that was just wrestling my mind to try to think the right things. I just kind of gave myself permission to stop all of that. Yeah, I kept going to church, which was partly an attempt to give God something to work with, but it was also largely just because I was lonely and wanted friends. Uh, and I kept up a gratitude journal and Again, that was partly because I knew scientifically this is good for my mental health, whether or not a God exists or not. And now it might seem odd, but for me, that cutting back, uh, I think, was the only act of faith I was capable of. So it was me banking on the fact that if God exists, if he is who he says he is, then he can handle the weight of this season, that he's going to keep on holding on to me even if I'm not able to hold on to him. So I'd spent so many years doing, in my mind, the right things for a mix of reasons, and some of them motivations being very unhealthy. Uh, and I felt like I now needed, in some ways, to detox. Like, in some ways, I needed to get it out of my system of just get some separation between me and this intentionality and this, um, this self-effort in many ways. Um, because yeah, there was a rigidity to my faith, uh, rigidity to my life and a heaviness. Um, and I'll say it was quite a scary couple months, felt quite dark. Uh, in some ways I felt like I was on the edge of an abyss. And in some ways I felt like I was the abyss, that I was just kind of this emptiness, um, that was kind of seeking to, to gobble anything up. Um, and I, I'm not really able to explain it both because I don't fully understand and for the sake of time, but somehow I feel like I've emerged out of that and, and God has pulled me out of that. Um, and he didn't really answer my doubts. Uh, and sometimes they circle back if I'm honest, kind of this week, they've been circling around particularly. Uh, but, uh, in a weird way, I, I think God has proved himself worthy of my trust, that he was able to hold on to me, uh, even after I stopped kind of doing the right things, checking off the boxes, even after I stopped holding on so fiercely to him. 
So I'd say my faith now is more room for mystery. Uh, I think it's less about me and my need to understand, my need to have mental control. I'd say I'm better at living day to time. Um, but like I said, it's it's up and down and some days it feels like nothing's changed, but uh, some days it feels like everything's changed. And yeah, and, and to maybe narrow in a little bit on this idea of doing the right things for the wrong reasons that you know, I spent many years doing supposedly good things, things that um, both within the Christian world and, and just kind of the broader world that we live in, things that would be applauded by people, things that would make me look good, um, that made me feel good about myself. Um, and there was always a mix of emotions that, or motivations. There's always genuine and selfish kind of right all intertwined. So I think it is important to be honest with ourselves about why we do things, that the why really matters. Um, that, yeah, I think so much, it is so easy for me to get judgmental towards other people because my life is like, relatively put together because I haven't uh, gone off on some crazy downward spiral of you know self-destruction um, but I think when I'm seeing things more clearly I realize that even if the externals of my life are much more clean or put together that uh, the internals are often driven by pretty unhealthy things and that I've felt with with the crashing into the wall in some ways I felt the effects of, of that, uh, of being motivated by fear, being motivated by self-righteousness. Um, that humans are really good at deceiving themselves, uh, that we deeply want to believe we are good people and we are willing to do all sorts of mental gymnastics to protect that image. Um, I think that is easy to accept in theory, but then it's hard to take the next step to say, I, Bruce, am one of these humans <laughs> uh, who is prone to mental gymnastics, who is prone to this self-justification. Um, and so I think there is certainly a place for being self-critical and a place for being humble about why I'm doing things. Um, I'd say there's also a tension here, though, and, and this is this is where I, I start to have fewer answers and more questions, but um, there's a tension here because throughout my experience, it's not that I wasn't aware of my bad motivations. It wasn't that I was completely ignorant of the unhealthy desires that were driving the unhealthy fears that were driving my motivations, my actions. Because I actually was very aware at different times. I am prone to overthinking. I am prone to running my brain in circles, to psychoanalyzing myself, uh, getting lost internally. Um, and I think that was actually a road of death as well. And that was one of the things I needed to, like in this period of just kind of letting go of everything, I, I needed to let go of that overthinking and that um, self-analysis because uh, I think that can also be driven by fear and brokenness that um, that trying really hard is not always a sign of maturity, uh, even if it's even if it's for good things. Um, and so, while yeah, for me there's a tension there of like ignorance is actually pretty destructive if if we're if we're doing the right things, 
for the wrong reasons and we're not sure why we're doing things. We're just kind of assuming, oh yes, I'm, I must be doing this for the right reason. I must be uh, pure in heart. Uh, I must be genuinely loving and caring about other people. I don't think that's healthy, that that's denial of reality, but at the same time, I think the opposite end of the spectrum is more where I fall in and is more where, uh, where I fall into both, I'd say. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm aware that I can easily fall into that over, over analysis, uh, that kind of fear-based self-psychoanalyzing uh, um, and that that ultimately is destructive too. And, and so I do think sometimes it is more more mature to take a nap than to read the Bible or to um, do whatever thing we're supposed to do or think we're supposed to do that. And I'm really grateful that I have had seasons of life where I felt a real permission just to enjoy God, where I felt uh, permission just to receive. And I think that's done me really good. And, and the, the fruit of those seasons uh, it's hard to measure, and yet, I think profound, um, that, yeah, I have been felt free that I don't need to focus on others and rescue others and fix them. Um, I don't need to worry too much about what I'm supposed to do. I just need to experience the reality that God said, this is good, when he looked at the world. Uh, and I'm grateful for those seasons. And Again, this is where I have less less answers and questions. But as I've been thinking through, like, how do I how do we process when when to really dive into this self analysis of our motivations and when to just like live life and accept the risk that that maybe we're, we're making mistakes? Because um, I personally would love like a formula. I'd love a flow chart. I'd love something to really make them clear lines of like, boom, 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 um, about when I should nap, when I should, um, you know, stay up late helping at a soup kitchen or whatever it is, <laughs> like when, when I should do what. Um, and I don't think God gives us that. I don't think that's something, I don't think we get a flow chart or I, I haven't found one, <laughs> uh, at least that, that I can rely on. And I think that invites a sort of relationality, like that invites an interaction, an ongoing connection, a reliance and a trust um, on, on God and on, on his spirit um, that we can't really, it forces us to, to rely on the relationship rather than the list or the formula or the flowchart that we can't weasel our way around it. Um, and I think it does invite us into a dependence on grace uh, that we will make mistakes that as we as we work um, towards growth and recovery that um, sometimes we're going to overcompensate in one direction and sometimes we're going to overcompensate in the other direction um, and to be okay with that uh, that in both situations um, that there is mercy in both places um, and I've I've needed mercy in both places um, so yeah, I, I think there is uh, a tendency in me, certainly with my sort of perfectionism, with maybe a bit of a messiah complex, with this this need to feel like I'm the rescuer and I'm the the fixer, um, that 
I think it's always easier for me to hear a voice of like, you should be doing more or like you should die to yourself. And I think there's truth to that, but I think it's also more complicated. Like I think there is, yeah, I think there is, there's an ambiguity and a complication that, um, that should lead me into a reliance on God and a, an interaction with him about when to go and when to sit, when to lie down and when to rent to run. Um, and, and as maybe a, a recent example of this kind of westling with with motivations, um, yeah, well, one example maybe uh, is that recently I, I've uh, been reflecting a little bit on curiosity and sort of asking people questions and is a really important part of friendships and relationships is is asking each other questions. Uh, especially as you get to know people, but even beyond that. Um, and I realized, I think part of what has motivated me to ask questions of people is A, because I think I'm supposed to. I think that's the right social thing to do. And so I'm checking that box. Uh, but it's also a tactic to gain friendship. Like it's me, I'm trying to I'm trying to get them to like me. And, you know, if, if I can get them talking about their favorite thing, of course they're going to like me. If I can figure out that they really like violin and then get them talking about violining, well, wonderful. And now we're friends and now they think I'm awesome. Um, and, and I don't think that's a good motivation. Like, I think that's kind of unhealthy, even though it's a good thing. I think asking questions is good. And I, I think humans are worthy of curiosity. I think uh, people have been made in the image of God and there is something mysterious and beautiful about each one and, and there's something to be curious about and um, and so I've I've been practicing recently to try to be genuinely curious for their sake uh, thank you Vicky um, yeah genuinely curious for for their sake uh, rather than for my own and uh yeah, some days I think I overthink that and I get all like stiff and um, I don't ask questions because I'm like, oh, why am I, <laughs> why am I asking this question? Oh, what is my motivation? And it just feels really heavy and, and not life-giving. And then other days, maybe I just go ahead and play the game and ask people questions because I'm being selfish and self-serving. And so, yeah, I feel I'm, I'm sort of rambling here, but I think there's a real mystery uh, to our journeys of life and recovery. Uh, and there's a real a uniqueness to everyone's story uh, in that my journey where I, this period where I just kind of cut off every sort of intentionality to, to my faith and my recovery in some ways, um, I wouldn't recommend that for everyone in every season, but I, I do think there are <laughs> uh, things in our life that are beneficial to hold to structures and, and uh, yeah, things that, that are worth grabbing onto. Uh, but for me, it was absolutely the right call. I think I think that was the only way of, of making the next step and walking into life. And, and, and so there is an ambiguity to, to all of this. Um, and, and for me, what, what I sense is I, I think that's an invitation, um, not just to accept mystery in my life, but also to accept mystery in the lives of those around me and to try to accept that their story is going to look different from mine and um, that what they need might actually be death to me and what I need might actually be death to them. 
Um, and yeah, that that these these tools or these means of taking the next step, um, yeah, might be very different uh, for each person. Um, and to have a level of yeah grace and and to be rooting for people and cheering people on and, and celebrating uh, their journeys, uh, just as I want them to celebrate my journey, even yeah even if I don't understand. Um, so yeah, my my hope is that that's making me. Um, less judgmental. <laughs> My hope is that that's making me uh, quicker to celebrate with others uh, and slower to compare. Um, my hope is that uh, this is an ongoing transformation of living a day at a time, of accepting mystery, um, of doing things with a pure heart, uh, doing things wholeheartedly uh, rather than being pulled in, in different ways by different motivations. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. I think I've rambled enough, but uh, hopefully there's something there to encourage, challenge, uh, confuse you uh, for the future. <laughs>